and welcome back to a brief insight today i have with me holly nash holly tell us a little bit about yourself so okay. your background what were you up to before you did this yeah cool um so i'm holly i live in bristol at the moment so i'm one of the first um online students the first cohorts this year um i graduated uh quite a few years ago in english literature and then i had um, a couple of years in publishing a couple of years at a magazine and then i went on to a startup in bristol like a food and drink startup and wrote all their copy and stuff for their website and all their content um and then i had actually a couple of years out for illness reasons and then went back into kind of marketing freelance copywriting a bit freelance quite different copywriting to what we do at SEA. yeah so I feel like i'm starting again um and then was looking at you know i wasn't really happy in marketing there's a lot of the like analytic side that just didn't excite me um and yeah only really came across like advertising a bit later on than i i wish i'd found out about it earlier on yeah um, still it's never too late to start yeah that's what's living here no, no no that's what they say isn't it as well what was uh, the magazines you were working at? What type of magazines were they? They were all, they were mainly food and drink magazines. So it was a lot of like restaurant reviews. Um, yeah, yeah, food and drink magazines, mainly local around Bristol. And then I'd done a bit of freelance writing as well for um, places in London. Oh, very um, nice. Yeah, so, I try and do that still now a little bit on the side. Did you go to university in Bristol? No, I went to Sussex. So I Sussex. lived in Brighton. Ah, very nice. Yeah, it's just four miles outside of Brighton. So I had my first year on campus and then had three years living in Brighton. And actually I stayed one more year and then moved to Bristol. So I've been you, here like five years now. Do you like Bristol? Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. Um, I don't, there's a big like creative scene. I don't think there's loads of advertising. Like there's quite a few design agencies in Bristol and Bath, but there's not so much going on in Bristol for advertising. I think there's a McCann. Um, there's one called Stuff, I think. I think there's one knows. good agency out there. There was one Mark mentioned that was supposed to be quite good. I think it might be the McCann, or maybe there's a Widens, but maybe not. Yeah, definitely not Widens. There's yeah, there's a McCann that um, fearless girl that Mike showed us yesterday. Yeah. Um, that that girl did to get into the McCann. That's the Bristol McCann. Oh, very nice. Okay, well that's something. Do you think you'd stay in yeah. Bristol or would you like to move to London? No, I think I want to come to London. Yeah. I think I've never lived there. I've got lots of friends that live there. Um, I've not really had an excuse to live there. And actually, it would be quite a fun chance to kind of set up somewhere new. And that's the same for anywhere, actually, with jobs and roles in the field. I'd kind of, I'd be happy to travel to. Where, where did you grow up? A uh, place called uh, Bunbury. Bunbury? <laughs> yeah. No one goes there. You go there to like stop off on the train and then switch and go on somewhere. No one stops. It's such a shithole. It's really, actually, apparently it's a bit nicer now. So I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> it was like an old market town years and years ago. And then when I grew up in it, it was a mess, like an absolute mess. Where and is I it? I think like... it's kind of, it's near Oxford. Oxford, like yeah, okay. Oxfordshire, Warwickshire. I grew up like in between Northamptonshire and Oxfordshire, like on the border. 
in a really, really awful village that's worse than <laughs> Banbury. <laughs> so how did you like find out about SEO? Uh, what was I doing? I think for a while I thought, right, I'm a writer, but it doesn't feel creative enough. Didn't really understand what advertising copywriting was. So I wanted to be a designer. Um, I've got friends that work in design and I did study it, I think at GCSE and was looking at that for a while and then realized I didn't really like the real fiddly bits with the design software. And like, I knew I'd have to master that to get to a really good level. Mm -hmm. um, and then my design friend said to me, she was like, right, if you write Holly, why don't you be a copywriter? Um, and then had a little bit more of a look into that. I thought copywriting was like sales pages and that was it, or like SEO, I thought that was it. And then I think I just Googled around a bit, um, was looking at what copywriting roles there were, was looking at design agencies and then found out more about advertising. And I think the scabs were like one of the big pools. I don't know if you had that, like when Googling around and finding SEA. Yeah, they they added a lot of mystique because some of the scabs, you were just like, what the hell is this place that we're talking about? It sounds so weird. Um, Their own language. Yeah, it was a bit culty, the scabs, but uh, that just yeah. intrigued me more. Um, yeah. But, so no. isn't it a cult? It, it is, is yeah. yeah. And my, my most yeah. my most recent scab that is yet to be published is actually um, an analysis of whether SEA fits the seven steps of what defines a cult. And it what fits are seven steps. Uh, most of the, so one of them is you need a charismatic leader, you need to isolate <laughs> the followers from the world, you need lectures and classes <laughs> to keep them distracted. <laughs> um, you need a carrot stick incentive that they're yeah. doing something that will get them something no one else will get. Yeah. And then there's like three more that to do with like location and stuff. But basically it fits most of them. A hundred percent. Oh my God, talk about being isolated. I swear like, I didn't even notice that we're in lockdown again. Nothing's <laughs> changed. No. Like SEO's become my world anyway. So yeah, it's nice. So how are you finding the, like how are you find SEA in general and how are you find it, especially because you're an online student, like working from home? Yeah, good question. Um, I love SEA. I think it's great. I think it's super stressful. I think everyone thinks that, feels like that. Um, I think it tore down like any confidence I had, which is also something I hear a lot of. Um, and I'm like, I'm quite honest about that. I'm quite honest about that with the mentors. And I do feel like there's that, everyone knows that's part of the process. Um, and I feel like we're being torn down for a reason. So you just have to have faith in that as well. Yeah, you have to be stripped bare before you can build back up, you know? Exactly, uh, yeah. Um, and online, I think, yeah, I am I love people, like, and I'm a pretty tactile person. I love being around people, I always have been. I, like, ask any of my friends and they kind of know that about me. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I feel sad that I'm not, there in person I'd love to have like been around everyone and I'd love to experience what it feels like to kind of bounce off the ideas off one another in person because I haven't really had that experience it's all been the whole course has been via zoom yeah um I guess I have my uni experience so it's like I don't need to get that out of my system I've done all of that so that helps um so yeah more on like a personal level and like getting to get a quicker better connection with people I wish I was at the school I think there's still quite a few people like even like you I haven't really worked closely with or anything no. so that feels like a hindrance it I can't just like 
walk into a room and start chatting to somebody or sharing ideas and kind of feeling that energy um, yeah. it's kind of been based on who I've been partnered with so far and I've had some cracking partners so I'm really lucky um but yeah so that's the only downside I guess but there are upsides and it does mean that there's a load of us that would never have done the course that are now doing the course which is great I think yeah it's become more international as well as I think Michael's in Barcelona and there's a few people in France as well yeah exactly but, um yeah no you should definitely try and get a run down to London at some point I will honestly yeah when this yeah when this lockdown finishes I will I'll probably be like mid DNAD won't it but I will do um I've been waiting to come down on a Friday for a long time and my friends all live like Hern Hill it's around nearby oh that's very close that's where Mark lives yeah yeah you could could crash at his place (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he's more than willing to put up (laughs) (laughs) oh my god can you imagine he showed did he show us he showed all of us, didn't he? His timetable, his lockdown timetable yeah, for the family. Yeah, the fridge. Every, every yeah, half like, an hour was time to, like, absolute decision. I thought it was 15 minutes. It was, was like it 15, 15 minutes? minutes. Oh, my God. I do nothing in chunks of 15 minutes. That's like me. I don't even know what I do. <laughs> like, wandering around rooms, <laughs> making I, my way. I don't, even know what I'm, I don't even know what I'm going to do, like, the next hour, let alone the next 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we do set loads of smart goals, don't we? Obviously, but yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> thinking time. No, because I've, I've. This is my first. Well, we did one week before the end of last term, but this is my first proper week online, and I just do you not know, find Zoom so tiring. Like at the end of a day, yeah. your brain is just yeah. melted. I'm so glad you said that because that's what I feel guilty when it gets to like six. I can't even do evening work because that reason I can't look at a screen anymore. And if I've been up chatting to people all day in the office or the studio, I think you can then sit down to your laptop. Not that that's good and healthy, but you could. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like, oh my God, I can't, yeah, I can't look at a screen. And you're so tired. It's a weird tiredness, isn't it? Yeah, it's really weird. It's it's like you're you're not physically tired, but your brain's just not, yeah. it's like going at like two miles an hour when it normally goes at yeah. three miles an hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, how do I handle this? I, it takes me about an hour to recover when I switch my laptop yeah. off at yeah. least get a walk um, get outside yeah well I'm supposed to, I'm self-isolated at the minute so I can't even go for my walk um, did your test come back no they've lost my bloody test <laughs> honestly no no wonder there's such a crisis in the UK if they can't even get test yeah. results back <laughs> Connor go to the paper cause honestly, an uproar I could share sell it on it. Twitter I could sell this to the Daily Mail right? you they really could it. they would um but yeah anyway getting back from covid uh <laughs> so you enjoy an SCA is have you got any mentors that you particularly respond to like anyone you think would really help you oh my god that's so hard I think they're all amazing but honestly I don't like have a preference for one I speak to but fucking hell it's so hard when you've gone to a few of them I probably go, go to them a bit quite a lot um and probably do it too much I go for like reassurance on that we're going down the right route or like what we're doing is on track or whatnot um and actually the more you go to and everyone knows this the more you go to the more confused you get mm-hmm. um I think I like going to Mark at the very beginning because he kind of like tears down anything that's too boring or straight yeah and then from then on I think when developing stuff Pete's a really good one to make sure you're like on track with your message 
Yeah, for sure. Mike, obviously Mike. Obviously um, Mike, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I saw Ian more. You need to plan him in a bit earlier. Oh, God, I don't have a favourite. And like, yeah, Kaz, again, whenever she's around, I'll try to grab her. Even if I didn't have anything, like today, I just went to her. We've not even anything to show her, just like to ask some questions and or like try and get myself writing outside of the actual briefs we get. I don't know if you find like this as a copywriter, but I feel like a lot of the time you don't almost have headspace to sit and write because of the idea generation and like the research and whatnot. Actually sitting down to write copy and have some solid time revising copy and writing those hundred headlines. It's quite hard to find that time. Yeah, um, I, I try and like find half an hour and then, or if I'm with like working with a partner, I'll just say, or I'm going to write some strap lines now and then like yeah. go somewhere else and just sit and write like 150 different straps and then yeah. come back to them with like five that aren't shit <laughs> and be like <laughs> which one of these is okay and then just write another 30 from that and but it's hard to find time because it's only once you've got the idea sorted that exactly. you can start to think of the copy yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. I got the copy book for Christmas um and yeah looking back at some of the old stuff like the really long stuff you just like that takes days and days to go over and revise and if not longer um and I think we lack that a little bit that time to do that yeah but then I guess ads aren't like they used to be anyway so it's like but the... yeah going back to your question my favorite do I have to actually choose a favorite no no just what like one that or one or two that you respond really well to that you're like oh if I ever have a problem I really like to go to one of them don't have to be a favorite because they're all great yeah uh i probably go to just to double check uri and mike actually yeah. um mike's had me crying on the phone already <laughs> by accident he heard you crying so, on the phone <laughs> i didn't mean to i think i spoke to him about something I was getting in the tiz with and then I just cried and I don't know where it came from it was quite embarrassing <laughs> um so yeah I feel like I've I've got everything out of the way now I've got no barriers to be fair if there's any mentor I'd cry in front of it would be Mike yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> could have been uh, he, he wasn't horrible about it at all and he just let me cry and then carry on so it was great <laughs> yeah I think what you said is really really true though that the time within the two-week period of a brief when like when you decide to go to which mentor is so important because mm -hmm. I've made so many mm -hmm. mistakes like you the day before when everything's finished or nearly finished and you go to Uri just like oh we'll check yeah. him with Uri and he'll just be like this is terrible and those yeah. same what, with Mark don't go to Mark on like Thursday no <laughs> just God. plow ahead and wait for Friday then at least you can like get to your reflections drinks by the time you're having it all torn apart. Yeah. So if it's on Thursday night, that's like, yeah, manic. But if it's on Friday, you just, you know, have a moment Friday evening, get back the next day and yeah, get back on it. Yeah, no, you just got to suck it up sometimes as well. Mm -hmm. When it's too late to rectify 13 days worth of work <laughs> <laughs> in the space of 10 hours. <laughs> oh it's so painful gareth and i today on that brief we were like <laughs> we did the um mug thing the mug warmer oh yeah and it didn't make any sense and even looking back i'm like yeah no it didn't really make sense but like when we spent all of yesterday afternoon and evening like rewriting rewriting doing loads for the ebay copy 
and when they didn't even click on the eBay copy, it's <laughs> like a whole day of your work just in the trash. Literally, me and India spent like we spent like four hours coming up with the idea, and and then I spent like a good hour or two writing the body copy for the eBay, and I was so <laughs> proud of it. It was it was everything I I thought the mentors would like, and then they got their poster, and they were like, "Oh, should we go onto the eBay link?" And Kaz was like. There's a capital F on food, so no. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and those spam mistakes are the worst. I probably got one in the email coffee too. As soon as she said that, everyone's like trembling, waiting. Honestly. And then she like laughed after it, and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you can't really come with an ego or keep an ego when you're here. And I think that's so good. Um, yeah. And I know Mike's spoken a lot about ego and ego in the field. And like, you can see that from outside being an SEA and looking up at people and hearing about people and listening to podcasts actually with people, you can like feel the ego. Um, so yeah, I think it's something to address. I think sure. it, I think it used to be very ego driven because it was, it was quite male dominated. So there was a lot of that alpha male stuff going on in agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully it seems now that the tide's turning a bit and it's become a lot mm-hmm. more about the quality of your work rather than how much of a charmer you are or how many connections yeah. you have. Exactly. There's always room for charm. And I get why that works in the industry because it's so it's so much about communication at like every single level. It's not just the stuff you're pushing out, but between you and your like ECDs and clients and everything. Um, but yeah, that shouldn't get you to the top for sure. No. Um, so did you have a favourite ad before you came to the school or an ad that you've seen while you're at the school that you think, wow, that's, I'd love to write something like that? Yeah. Um, weirdly, before we had Richard in, I, before I came to SCA and I was like looking at ads and trying to kind of like learn and immerse myself in ads. Um, I was, I sat and thought when I first got into SCA and I thought, what actually as a kid is the ad that stuck with me from when I was young like what really had an impact on me and the one song I can always sing and I could sing like as soon as I'd heard it for the first time and I think I was in about year seven maybe so I was like 11 12 maybe a bit younger um was the hate something changed the Honda grew advert oh yeah the engine one yeah that advert is incredible like that stuck in my brain I don't think I even understood what it was really about (laughs) I just loved it I could sing it for like years afterwards I could have sung it before he even played it to us again really got it back as an earworm yeah like that it was amazing and it was so different to anything that was on tv at the time and maybe in a weird fucked up subtle way it kind of did advertise as kids not that a kid can own a car but like it got Honda and kids brains from a young age yeah and like it definitely stuck with me I think I was probably too young when that ad came out to really because yeah. I, I recognized the visuals slightly when he played it but I didn't yeah. really well, they remember look old. yeah they look very old that was voted yeah. like the third best out of all time but I'm I, not surprised and like it doesn't make sense like I shouldn't say that but like why is it so good it's not like super it is clever but it's not obviously clever or it's not intellectual if that makes sense in any way but it it's just got everything in it and I don't really know what that is it's like the weird alchemy yeah there's like a nice like kernel of I think uh what's the word for it you know when you're it's like human relationships it's all about 
similarities and things we share. I think it just has that little kernel of, you know, hate something, change something. Like everyone can relate to that. Yeah. And then it also relates to the product. It just has, it hits that weird uncanny valley thing where it's like, this shouldn't work, but it does. Like the bloody monkey playing drums. I mean, I I always come back to that bloody monkey, but. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember that hooking me at the time at all either. Obviously it's always carried on and been pretty famous, but I don't remember that having the same hook. But obviously, oh. it was massive. It's funny, isn't it? What resonates with people is also subjective, too. I didn't um, like it. I just can't forget it. No. I just, like, <laughs> I, 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 even as a child, I thought this seems kind of stupid, but I, I'm never going to forget that at all. Yeah, exactly. No, but um, yeah, no. So, getting on to the more important stuff, mm-hmm. what is your favorite film? Oh my God. Um, what is my favourite film? So my my most watched film ever is probably Gladiator. Gladiator? <laughs> which is, yeah, which is not like super arty or like, I don't know, clever or anything, but oh my fucking God, I love that film so much. What, the Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe? Yeah, I love it. What do you love about it? It is a great movie, but what is it particularly that strikes you? I love his you? character. Maximus, I love him. Um, what strikes called me? Do you know? I never thought about it. It's one of those films that, like, my dad showed us when we were way too young to watch it for the first time, <laughs> and then we just watched it again and again, like every weekend. Um, I think his journey is like brutal. Um, the music's incredible. It's uh, what's who's the music again? Is it Hans Zimmer? Is it Hans Zimmer? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I guess that really stuck. Like music elevates a film, elevates anything. But I'm gonna look it up. Especially yeah. elevates like good soundtracks make films so much better. Oh, massively. Um, did I think how, how often do you watch it? Do you still watch it? I haven't in a few years. <laughs> I reckon like pushing, pushing fifty times maybe 50 times that's quite a lot maybe 50 maybe almost as much as titanic but that isn't my favorite film um (laughs) (laughs) and then films recently i'm trying to think more recently i loved parasite obviously i watched that a few times yeah um i loved once upon a time in hollywood and i hate um tarantino but i thought it was brilliant no it's not tarantino is it it is it is it's Tarantino, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that was brilliant. Um, I couldn't bring myself to watch it because it was Tarantino. I have a real problem yeah, with Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like, I went to the cinema to see it and was blown away and didn't really want to admit it. <laughs> or I wasn't blown away, I just really enjoyed watching it. Um, God, I miss the cinema now. Um, I know. I went to the cinema the once, I when I, once when the lockdown was lifted, to see Tenet. And that oh, yeah. was, what did you think? Uh, it was <laughs> did fun. You follow it? it was fun. <laughs> really? But it, okay. it it didn't really make much sense. Or it was it was like it was too big an idea that was too poorly explained. Yeah. Okay. I think the idea Probably is cool. Robert Patterson had no idea what was going on through the whole filming. Yeah, have you seen it? No, I think I read that and I was like, well, how the fuck am I going to know what's going on? I have a tendency to like drift off a little bit too. 
it's in all my school reports when I was young. It's like, Holly's sometimes just not here. (laughs) (laughs) Not present. What's the premise? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, It's a super terrorist has managed to harness uh, basically time so he can travel forwards back into time and then forwards back out of time. So there's there's alternate timelines and if things happen in a certain timeline, so he can do some things in one timeline that will affect a different timeline the way that he wants it. It's so complicated. You know, the more I talk about it, the less I think I actually understood it. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, yeah if you, you I will have, follow that. You'll enjoy it if you watch it. You'll be like, this looks really nice and the acting's good. But okay. You probably won't understand the ending, which I didn't at all. Um, Is um, Robert Patterson any good in it? Yeah, he's 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 good in it, but he's just playing kind of himself, which is super posh, kind of camp Englishman. Okay. Says like calls everyone darling, drinks tea, you know, like oh darling, why why would you ever use the front door and then like goes in the back door? That kind of camp over yeah, the top, yeah. but it's it's fun to yeah. watch. I'm enjoying Robert Pattinson's resurgence as an actor. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's really elevated himself, isn't he? Yeah, he's I love when actors job. do that. They have like a big transformation, a bit like Matthew McConaughey and mm. who's the other one? Oh, he's in really crap. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, it kind of makes them even better. It's like people that blossom later in school years. It's like it makes them even brighter. <laughs> the, late, the late bloomers, yeah. Yeah, exactly, late bloomers. Everyone loves an underdog story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there? Is there anything you, what was the last movie you watched that you thought, wow, that was, apart from Parasite, that you were like, wow, that really blew me away? Um, I've watched Midsummer during the lockdown. Have you seen that? I had a really bad time watching Hereditary, so. Oh, yeah. I decided yeah. not to watch Midsummer. I think Midsummer's better and not so intense as, uh, no, it's more intense than Hereditary. But Hereditary is just like quite bum out, whereas Midsummer's got like a real good kind of like a revenge like thread for it. I might give it a watch. I just was quite. It's really dis- satisfying. I was quite disturbed by Hereditary, so I yeah decided. And I don't know. I I've watched so many horror movies in my life, and that one I was just like, God, that made me feel grim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know I can't remember that one. I think I was drunk in the cinema. Because I can't remember it. I wish I was fucking drunk in the cinema. Yeah. Cinema. I, I That's what you have to do with the cinema. You can't go <laughs> see horror about having like a couple of beers beforehand. That's good life advice, actually. Um, yeah. But, so as a copywriter, I imagine you read quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So what is your favourite book? He says, I, my reading is so bad now. Actually, I read tons of non-fiction now um, and stuff for SEA kind of about advertising which actually I've decided like you should do but it shouldn't consume everything so my fiction this year has gone right down but best fiction book ever I think is A Little Life have you read that who's it by uh I'm not going to say her name right so I'm going to google it quick um she is a fashion editor of the New York Times I think which is when you read the book, it, you wouldn't think that. She's called Hanya Yanagahara. <laughs> I probably butchered that. <laughs> um, 
but the book's um, called a little life a little life it's epic it's massive um it's novels written oh she's written 18 months it's mad it's about four um young like 20 year old uh living in new york um mm -hmm. i won't give it away but it's all from the perspective of jude um and it's really heartbreaking um i'd say a good lockdown read but it's it kind of not um is it quite heavy yeah really really heavy it actually leaves you pretty devastated but you can't not read it as well and the characters are incredible um i can't believe i think it's her first book as well she's one of these incredible authors that just writes their debut novel and it's mind-blowing yeah um, and at the moment i've only just started it though i'm reading educated Tara Westover. educated i think it's a memoir actually Tara Westover. I've heard good things, like really good things. Um, but I'll tell you about that when I've read it. Yeah, I find. But avoid. I find that I was, uh, I was kind of in shock at myself that I, as a copywriter, I'd stopped reading fiction. Yeah. Same. Because I, I was getting home and I was so tired from SEA that I would just sit and watch some terrible thing on Netflix and then. Yeah. Go to bed and sit my phone for 20 minutes, then fall asleep. And I was like, I'm yeah. like, how can a copywriter? I think it was Alex Robson said to me one day, we were just having a smoke, and he said, oh, Are you reading it, anything at the minute? And I was like, No, are you? And he was like, How how do you call yourself a copywriter and you're not reading? And I was like, You know what? Yeah. You've got a really good point. So yeah. I've recently bought it's not it. Like, it's not like it's part of your brand. It's not like, Oh, I'm a copywriter, so I've got to be reading. It's literally like you, I don't have words unless I'm reading. Yeah. And actually, a copywriter said this to me once it's like the amount you read will affect your writing within days so if you stop reading and it's so true like I have days of it at SCA same as you I'm just on my laptop the whole time doing research you know mocking up stuff um, so Holly I want to ask what are what's your favorite album and what's your guilty pleasure album oh man my music is awful nowadays um what is my favourite album? As in one I always go back to? Yeah, like one that you could listen to until when, like for the rest of your life. Never stop listening to it. Uh, I think the Beatles White Album, I know that's really, that's pretty return to one that doesn't get boring. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a classic. Probably, what is the album... Probably one of the Hot Chip albums, and of the few, I would say the one with the of, over and over on it. Yeah, I reckon it is that one. I recognise the front cover. That's awful, isn't it? Is it the warning? Yeah, the warning. Yeah. Um, that one's absolute classic. That's a good um, album. I'm obsessed. <laughs> that's a very. Uh, that's a very. <laughs> born born in the early 90s kind of album i know cringe I, i'm so bad now i don't know any i swear like all the songs i hear now i sound like an old woman and i'm in my 20s but like <laughs> all the songs i hear now everyone's saying that they're made for tiktok <laughs> the yeah. tiktok what is this thing <laughs> no, um, literally and I, I don't know any of them <laughs> i literally don't know any of them tiktok is is ruined music because Either people make songs that get so they get big on TikTok, or songs that are good pop music 
get stolen by TikTok and then you can't listen to them because they're just associated exactly. with TikTok. It just destroys music. It's the most horrendous social yeah. media app. They're built for, the songs are built for the moves, which is so weird. Like obviously music's made to dance to, but like the, the songs are actually written to have these moves that then people can do the dances to, which, yeah, yeah that blows my mind. Are you not on TikTok um, now? I'm not. I'm supposed to be, aren't I? That was one of my Get Holly to Do stuff. Um, <laughs> Get on TikTok. Maybe I should do that, yeah. Well, everyone keeps saying, you know, there's inspiration there. Even Mark Palmer. Do you remember Mark Palmer, who we had in first term? He was yeah. saying to use TikTok. Um, it's like encourage procrastination. So. Even even Pete Kian was saying he uses TikTok loads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm definitely behind the curve. I'm sick of Instagram, actually. I don't really use Instagram anymore. To the point where it just makes me feel ill as soon as I go on it. Um, I do like a few story scrolling and then I'm just done. I think what I need to do is a massive cull and only have it as like an in- inspiration space. It's not just yeah. a mix of weird things and weird people I follow. Um, well, I deleted Instagram and Facebook uh, last September. So not the one just passed, the one before. And I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get either of them back <clears throat> until lockdown started because I was like, well, I'm going to be inside for three months. So I'm going to be, yeah. I'll have more time than I know what to Content. do with. But when I deleted it, I really, you just, after like two days, you just completely forget about it. You think, oh, if I delete yeah. this, I'll miss out on so much. You literally miss out on nothing. Yeah, I agree. Nothing happens. It's and just people's dinner. you've already done the binging on it. <laughs> and because you've done the binging on it first time round, I feel like you don't ever get sucked back into it so much. Like my mum she's 60 and she's only got Instagram this year and she is obsessed not in a good way like she's a like she makes lots of ceramics so she's always looking at other ceramicists and I guess she's doing a similar thing like that they always lament like young people for doing you know comparing yourself to others but she just does it in a different way and she's (laughs) there sat while still watching tv like scrolling on Instagram and I'm the one telling her my mum get off it's really unhealthy it's like ceramic Um, it happens to everyone yeah yeah, literally these ceramicists are setting unrealistic expectations don't they exactly they literally are they have these incredible workspaces and like (laughs) these really expensive kilns and stuff I'm like mum you're doing your own thing it's fine super curvy pots it's all it's all wrong like (laughs) (laughs) that's That's not in anymore it's all about like the really rustic looking almost like they've been dug up from Pompeii three times yeah exactly oh Um, high time high time fashion changes yeah what's your guilty (laughs) album one that you don't really want to admit to people you like oh the whole album yeah or a band just a band that you're kind of cringed out by someone like so for me it would be I, I have quite a soft spot for the red hot chili peppers but i wouldn't want to admit it to people oh yeah they're good yeah no i i do that too um i was thinking the other day how i sometimes have lost profits in my head and then i'm like i need to get that shit out of my head you know all about him the lead singer no is he cancelled or something oh god <laughs> let's not even go there Google <laughs> lost, that after. lost profits okay I, <laughs> yeah I don't even want to talk about it it's so bad um it's not funny actually um I listen to actually I listen to lots of it's not a guilty secret though because they're fucking good but I listen to lots of like Irish <laughs> uh like folk music uh just as like feeling a good mood there's like a the- band called the Glo- gloaming which are quite depressing actually but they have this song and it just makes me feel like my life is epic you know that meme about like feeling 
as though you're a protagonist. You're yeah. the protagonist in the world, in the, the movie of, the, of your life kind of thing. Um, yeah, that kind of music. I'm like, yeah, I'm in a film right now. <laughs> Did you ever listen to The Wolf Tones? No, I'm going to add it to my list, though. The Wolf Tones, How yeah. do you spell it? Uh, so W O L F E and then tones. <laughs> okay. They're, they're like the big Irish kind of traditional. They were like the biggest Irish traditional band, probably tour in Ireland. They still tour. They're absolutely massive. Um, I love it already. They're not massive. This is going to be my new guilty album. <laughs> These are quite big in America, but yeah, they're. You, if you like Irish folk music, you'll probably like them. They got okay. some good tunes. Um, but yeah, that leads into. The final question I have for you, which is, if you could have a dinner with anyone, living or dead, past or present, three guests, who would it be? Three? Oh my three gosh. People. This is the type of thing I wish I wrote down so I knew. I would have, uh, obviously, Louis Theroux, because he's incredible. I know everyone says him, but he would just lead the conversation for you, wouldn't he? he just, yeah. You wouldn't have to play host he'd just lead it um I'd have oh god I'd have Oscar Wilde because he's super fun he seems super fun I actually thought before this interview that you would say Oscar Wilde (laughs) do you know why I think that is why (laughs) wasn't this one of our scabs no one of our scabs was who would you be if you were someone of the opposite sex? And I said Oscar Wilde. So maybe it's like implanted in your brain. Yeah, it's subtly got maybe into my Maybe I am him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oscar Wilde from Bunbury. Yeah. <laughs> He's come back again. That's a lowly version of himself. Um, and then who else would I have? Oh my God, this is really hard. It is a tricky question. But you have to be blindsided or else people prepare. Yeah too much oh yeah yeah and it's not genuine uh I would have I'd have I'm pretty obsessed with the crown right now and never thought I would be because I'm not like a royalist or anything um I would have Princess Margaret I mean she also sounds like such a hoot um and her and Oscar Wilde would be manic sorry is that the one that just partied loads yeah exactly (laughs) and like just defied her own family (laughs) yeah so Princess Margaret, Louis Theroux and Oscar Wilde. Yeah. That's a very yeah. good table. Yeah, um, it would be manic. And Louis would keep it calm, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's fantastic. So Holly, thank you very much for coming on no the problem, podcast. Thank you. And, yeah, uh, thank you for doing it. It's a great idea. No, that's, I, I really enjoy it. I just Well, it's just an excuse for me to talk to people <laughs> within a professional context. Um, 